Hi, and welcome to Math and Musings. I'm Mike O'Connell, creator of Math and Musings, and your host. Stay tuned for 15 minutes of science, politics, news, and opinion. In other words, Math and Musings. Today's date is Friday, August 5th, 2022, and this is Season 2, Episode number 31 of our show. You know, if you were listening to Season 2, Episode 30 last week, you may have noticed something for which I must apologize um, and admit that I, I have no idea why, why, why was last week's episode only 12 minutes long. It, it does not make any sense. I was just as surprised as you were on Friday morning when I woke up and I saw that Math Amusings was only 12 minutes. Now it was, it was like 12 minutes and 22 seconds or something, so it, it, uh, it was almost 13, which is almost 15. It's one of those like, well, how many times are you allowed to round? Well, <laughs> really, just one. Um, but I, I, was, I was stunned, like, what? Would I miscount? I mean, that there's there's a timer on my computer screen that I'm that I'm looking at. I was pretty sure I stopped it at twelve, and like I was worried. Like I look back, and like I listened to the thing. Like okay, it seemed to be every every word that I said. Did did someone on my production team spike one of my comments? Like no, it all all seemed to flow. There were no edits in there. I look on my computer. The thing is saved, and it's. 12 minutes and 22 seconds or something like that and everything seemed to be there I just miscounted apparently um, so y- y- you never know uh, I'm gonna shoot for exactly 15 minutes today this is this is gonna be good I'm I'm laser focused I'm a little bit under the weather you may notice in my voice it's not the uh, perfect uh, timber or timbre today like Michael Jordan said about you know, the, the famous flu game, you're more focused when you're not 100%. Sometimes you can get an even better performance in those occasions. So the 12 minutes thing, I have no idea. I'm not going to try to uh, go overboard anytime. Like I feel part of me thinks I should make up for it. But no, 15 minutes is, is what I promised every week. And we're going to do 15 minutes. I'll tell you... What I've been doing last week, I I sort of uh, gave a preview of what I'd be doing on my summer vacation part two. I mentioned a few things. Well, one that I was wrong about. I I sort of stumbled over this one. I said I was walking the Custis Trail, and that's that is true. The Custis Trail, which I'd never seen before, but it, it's in all. I have a half a dozen like greatest hikes in Virginia and you know greatest hikes in the D.C. area guidebooks and they always mention this Custis Trail it's like the Fairfax or Arlington County equivalent of the W and OD Trail which by me Washington and Old Dominion and I'm sure it was trod upon by George and Martha at some point in their lives uh, everyone claims that around here and uh, it's it's been paved it's it's more or less a bike trail but it it's wide enough that you know, like you don't feel unsafe walking on the thing goes through some cool neighborhoods and um, some some of it is forested as well it, it's not just like you're walking on a, on a highway anyway I was wrong about this now the name Custis I know it was it's 
Martha Washington's name. I thought it was her maiden name. No, it's not her maiden name. Her maiden name was something else. Custis was Martha Washington's first husband. Now, her first husband, uh, Mr. Custis, who I know little about other than he was married to a young Martha Washington. And, uh, oh, this is all easy to look up, but I'm not looking at it right now. I think they had something like four kids, but only two of them survived into adulthood. Uh, and they sort of became like George's adopted family. So like he has a, at least a, a stepson, I think a stepdaughter, and then they had kids. So it's like George Washington's pseudo-grandchildren and continuing on the line. Martha and George, I, I was right about this. Martha and George had no kids of their own. But um, George kind of adopted into the Custis family. Now, Mr. Custis died in 1757, leaving Martha a 26-year-old widow. Um, who knew that the uh, turns her life would take following that, um, being first, first lady and uh, one of the most famous Americans, I would imagine, at the time. So uh, I was wrong about the, the name Custis, but it, it was... Uh, a Washington-ish name, and the descendants of Martha Washington are Custises. Glad we got that taken care of. So I'm making sure I'm, I'm checking the time here that uh, I'm not cheating you on your allotted minutes. And I now see what the issue is that the timer on my recording device does not match actual timing. It's spinning too fast. Okay, it's okay. Here's your math problem today. It's spinning at like 15 twelfths the speed. So I am going to have to go a little bit overboard according to this. We'll see if it turns out right. This is going to be fun. And by the way, there's no edits or anything. So you're hearing this like these goofy inside baseball comments that I'm making that I should be saying to like my producer off camera and like off tape. These things all get into the episode itself and you're hearing like my inner monologue of all these things so all right i'm just gonna wing it as i always do anyway following my hike on the custis trail hanging out with some friends of mine in town made a trip out of town to see the fish of vermont at meriwether post pavilion though it is down the road for me i had never been to meriwether post in my life my life so far i did the other day and from what I hear, they've really built up, I don't know how old the place is, they've really built up the neighborhood around it. Um, there really has been uh, like a economic uh, resurgence uh, in that area. And it's, so I, so I understand that there is now uh, mixed use uh, development. I think there's you know, townhouses and bars and restaurants and such. Um, and giant parking garages because you got like thousands of people going to the events. Meriwether Post Pavilion. Now, I don't know how many shows Fish has done in its career, um, into the thousands. And by this point, you know, almost 40 years on, it's like, well, they, they pretty much got it down. So my saying like, oh yeah, I saw a great show. Well, of course, because every show is great. There's no question. It's I would say, you know, sadly, more more corporate there really than you than you want to realize. Like they've got a specific time they're going to start. They've got a specific time they're going to stop. It's uh, it's pretty rehearsed. It is going to be awesome. The music is going to be awesome. The light show is going to be awesome. The people who are behind the scenes 
they're working the lights and the sound and everything. They, they know what they're doing. And I had great seats, too. I was, you know, the, the band's on the stage, and then there's a little standing room area, and then I was in the fourth row. Um, not dead on center, but not too far off from the center either. And, um, you know, I, I could run down the set list. It's different every night. I got to hear some unusual things. I, I got to hear a meat stick, which I don't think I'd ever heard before. We'd all forgotten the dance by now. Uh, I got to hear a Strawberry Letter 23. I was like a random cover. Uh, Susie Greenberg, which, you, you know, you're going to catch at a lot of shows. That's not unusual, but to have a set two closer, Susie. I always liked that one. Anyway, um, yeah, no surprise. The show was awesome. And uh, now I can say that I've been to Meriwether Post Pavilion. So right now... Time around my computer says 15 minutes, but looking at my clock, I think it's only been about 10 minutes. So, all right, figure <laughs> this out. This is like the days of politics after dark, in which I just I would just look at my watch and like try to figure out when 30 minutes went by. Just start whenever I start, and then add 30 minutes, and just stop talking. Then, um, so following my trip to Meriwether Post, uh, get home late jump out of bed early the next day, head to, I mentioned this last week, Great Wolf Lodge. And the thing that I hear about Great Wolf Lodge, the kids love it. Parents think it's expensive. Well, yeah, of course. And I, this is what I put on the blog on Monday, that yeah, both of those things are true. I was uh, lucky enough to be in a fortunate position that um, Grandma went with us and paid for many of the things, picked up most of the tabs. So it's like I, I kind of got to be one of the kids. Uh, that was great. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Great Wolf Lodge is like a uh, minor league version of Disney World a few hours down the road from me. I, actually, I'm not sure of the township. It's in the area of Williamsburg. And honestly, it, it's uh, it's embarrassing for me to say I'm 40 years old that I have an interest in public affairs and history. I have never done Colonial, Williamsburg, or Jamestown, Yorktown. I've, I've never done any of that. Sorry to say, um, but uh, I, I, I've been to a couple theme parks down there. In the last few weeks, I've been to King's Dominion, and I've been to, uh, that one's for school, and I've been to this Great Wolf Lodge, which, among other things, the hook is an indoor water park. And uh, they have, uh, you know, the usual fun kid amenities on the inside, too. They get a little uh, arcade and bowling alley and everything's pizza and chicken fingers and french fries. It's great. It's super fun if you're a kid or an overgrown kid like I am. So the most interesting thing I thought, though, of my journey, and, and this is the, the blog post today, if you saw this one, that um, I go to, um, well, I'm traveling with my in-laws who went to William and & Mary, and so they know the area a little bit, and it's like, Mike, if you're in Williamsburg, you have to go to this place called Snow to Go. Snow to Go. I don't know what that is. So it's a ice cream shop. I assume it's a mom and pop operation. I don't know if there's more than one Snow to Go. It's, uh, among other things, they can get you a snow cone or shave ice or soft serve ice cream. Or they can put all those things in one bowl for you, mixed together, and here you go. <laughs> and... Like, what evil genius came up with that one? It's, why don't we put the shave ice and the soft serve ice cream in the same bowl? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. 
and so it, delicious there. And I uh, greatly appreciated that. That was a highlight of the trip. Get back in town, and I'm headed out to Binghamton. I realized I did a bad job of advertising this last week, because that's that's the thing about it. You know, show dropping on Friday. If I've got something on Friday, well, I can't talk about it until the following Friday. So those of you who thought you were going to hear about Binghamton today, well, no, you're actually going to hear about Binghamton next week, because I, I haven't done it yet. Like I'm recording this on Wednesday. I haven't even left yet, but I will shortly, and I will regale you with my tales my trip north next Friday. I have no idea how many minutes this episode has been. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. I am going to hit the theme music here and go through my usual uh, monologue at the end. Um, this is a, it's a song called Going Home. I don't know if I ever uh, mentioned that, or I'm not in the habit of mentioning that. It's from an album called Jazz Impressions of a Boy Named Franklin. That's my boy. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed the program today. Join me next Friday for another episode of Math and Musings. My name is Mike O'Connell, creator of Math and Musings. Uh, for more information or to contact, uh, go to MikeOConnellJr.com.